Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! Welcome back, Indianapolis. This is Hammer and Nigel on a Friday afternoon, close, coasting things to a close for the weekend. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on The Circle and Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish on Twitter filling in. Jason will return to these glorious airwaves on Monday, so uh, wait for him. And also, later this hour, we'll be doing, uh, instead of Beer Sample Friday, Cider Sample Friday, so stay tuned for that. Um, and in the meantime, of course, we're going to dive into Christopher Ray appearing before the House Judiciary Committee. Thanks for listening. Uh, producer Allison, by the way, on the board, doing an amazing job as always. They're just going to stand there like a lemon. We begin with Christopher Ray uh, dodging basically every question that was presented to him. You didn't get a lot of information, although there were very telling cues that were dropped in some of the uh, denials, particularly regarding uh, whether Biden is under an active criminal investigation. That would be interesting. But um, I mean, overall, it seemed like he was thumbing his nose at the American people. And overall, I thought it was a pretty disgusting uh, display. What say you, Jerry? I think Director Ray did a fantastic job of recreating Neo from The Matrix. <laughs> like, he was able to avoid all of this stuff. They, they all right. do. Every single person that goes up there, they get hit with hard-hitting questions, whether it's Zuck or Hillary or, or even Director Ray or Comey or anybody else that's been up there gets asked these very straightforward questions. Did you send this email? Were were FBI agents present? And there's always, you know, Hammer alluded to it yesterday. Well, since we're talking about an active investigation, I'm not going to tell you anything. Right. And that, that's just how it goes. Well, I mean, the questions are the better part of the whole. We never get an answer. It's the questions that are awesome. Don't you get the sense that this is mostly political theater? I mean, rah, rah, we get a few cool sound yeah. bites and it looks like there were a few hard hitting mm -hmm. punches from uh, the representatives in Congress. But at the end of the day. This isn't going anywhere, is it? No, no nobody gets in trouble. No. Nothing ever happens. No. Yeah. No. And this is another hot example of Trump dropping the ball because this is one of the swamp creatures that he helped ensconce. And now running potentially interference for the Biden administration and defending them or shielding them from investigation. Here's uh, Congressman Matt Gates making the press and asking up front whether uh, uh, Christopher Wray is defending the Bidens. I'm sitting here with my my father, I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? What? No. 
Absolutely not. The FBI well, you does won't not and has no well, hold interest on. You won't in answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about One of the most incredible things we know about the FBI now is during the 2020 election, they'd already verified the Biden laptop. There were what was six to 10 percent of American voters said had they known about that information going into the election, they would have voted differently. So you could arguably strongly suggest that this is the FBI involved in election interference. So I was one of the people caught up in that. I had my account frozen, could not could not post anything on Twitter until I deleted that that repost from the New York Times. And that's because the FBI was in communique with social media companies, yep. put, you know, laying down and the they strong arm. You, and they say, you know what, we're not going to kick you off, but you can't tweet again until you delete this one tweet. You just have to delete it, and then you can you can play again. And. Uh, <laughs> And, and they were inter- they were interfering with an election. They were limiting freedom of speech, and they were making outrightly false claim, which the department was aware, claiming this is misinformation when it had already been internally verified. Even if they didn't publicly disclose that fact, they didn't have to communicate with social media uh, companies and still represent as though that were misinformation when they they already knew that was false. Isn't it crazy that they that that was kind of the creation of this new misinformation? campaign on social uh-huh. media which it which has now turned into straight censorship on some of these on some of these social media platforms well the government not that long ago uh, under the biden administration was going to uh, create what was the government disinformation bureau right. and they were specifically going to target conservative political speech um here you have another interesting drop by christopher ray during questioning that may indicate biden is under criminal investigation for the bribery scheme which has been slowly uncovered and revealed as information continues to leak from that laptop which has now been verified that the FBI already knew was true. Here's Christopher Ray denying in a somewhat suspect way. Did Joe Biden take payments from Burisma or any other foreign companies as vice president, president or private citizen Biden? Uh, as you may know, there is an ongoing investigation being led by the U.S. attorney in Delaware, Mr. Weiss, appointed uh, by President Trump in the last administration that our Baltimore field office is working with. And I would refer you to, to him as to what, if anything, can be shared. So the president is under, um, he is under um, investigation. I'm not going to confirm or speak to who is or isn't under investigation for what. I'm simply so going to tell So he's not you, under investigation? I didn't say that either. <laughs> well, I didn't say that either. Yeah. But if the rules are you can't comment because it's an active investigation and you're saying that you can't comment, doesn't that indicate? I can neither confirm nor deny. There we go active investigation so curious stuff uh, that was dropped by christopher ray and although ultimately uh it's unlikely anything is going to come of this uh, any ramifications any accountability it's still interesting to watch and comment on especially from a talk show perspective but you know who's going to bat perplexingly for the director is Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme, Chris Christie going to bat on Fox News for Chris Ray saying that he did a good job, absolutely unobjectionable and, you know, just standing up for uh, the servicemen in his department. What you saw today, I think, was an animated and combative FBI director who's defending the men and women who work for him every day and do a great job and protect us from domestic terrorism, from international terrorism and from these drug cartels and are helping state and local law enforcement every day with their things. So, yeah, I, I, I think Chris 
Chris Ray has done a very good job. And I think, look, a lot of the stuff you see today, John, is theater, um, the people trying to raise money for campaigns. Doesn't mean there aren't problems at the FBI. There are. But I believe Chris is a guy who can get them fixed, and he's fixed a lot of them already. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. So you're going after conservative political speech. Here's what you're Krispy Kreme parents at the school board. What were you going to say? Here's something Krispy Kreme Krispy didn't didn't tell you, right? So him and Ray have been friends for 20 years. They served to, they served together in the Justice Department. <laughs> there you go. Christy actually hired Ray as his personal attorney to defend him for Bridgegate. Oh, that was his attorney. So all of this is dumb. Like that's his boy. What's he gonna do? Yeah, What's no, he gonna say? That's his friend. Uh, the uh, qu- uh, quid pro quo. You know, you scratch my yeah. back, I'll scratch yeah. yours. I'll go to bat for you in the public sphere when your name yeah. is under. So this threat. isn't like that, yeah, that's his buddy. That makes loads of sense. Um, now, Jonathan Turley condemning the commentary from Christopher Ray and accurately pointing out he's thumbing his nose at the American public, flip-flopping and dodging Neo-style in bullet time any legitimate question that was posed to him, uh, choosing to, to spend much more time talking about uh, FBI Family Day and meanwhile uh, uh, avoiding accountability from uh, the American representatives in Congress. Congress has to make a decision here. You know, they just went through an entire hearing where they were given nothing. He was far more detailed uh, when Eric Swalwell asked him about the FBI family day. With that, he, he was he, he just held forth at length. But when he's asked about censorship, he gives answers that seem rather obviously false. You know, he, he said that the FBI focused on foreign disinformation. That's just not true. I mean, we have the emails. I mean, it, at, at some point, you're treating the public like chumps treating the public like chumps. And what can you do at this point to restore confidence in the FBI when the Justice Department has been so, th- so thoroughly exposed as an uh, insider, you know, especially, uh, you know, uh, basically the secret police for the government? Yeah, it's, a, it's become a political wing all by itself, so yeah. much so that private citizens are calling to defund the FBI. Yeah. Like, I don't know that we've ever, the, 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 the trust in our government has to be pretty much, I don't want to say all time low, because I'm sure it's been lower, but it's been the lowest most of my lifetime. Uh, Matt Gates compared Christopher Ray, uh, saying that there was less trust now in the FBI than when uh, uh, Hoover was in <laughs> charge. I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but he's probably fair right, comparison. Though. It's fair comparison. You're listening to Hammer and Nigel, Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle, filling in with Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish. Welcome back to Hammer and Nigel. I'm Ethan Hatcher filling in, joined by Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish. This segment, we're going to be talking about something that really upsets me, makes me mad and sad uh, because of the passing of a 38-year veteran of the police department, Deputy John Durham, murdered on Monday senselessly by a scumbag psychopath who already probably should have been uh, uh, pushing up daisies a long time ago. Somebody who had a violent criminal history beforehand and killed this deputy in cold blood while he was transporting him to the hospital. What a psycho. You know, and and we knew he was a psycho already, right? But this guy guy went through the system. I mean, he did one day in jail. 
Yeah. One day in jail and got out and in less than 60 days, I think, killed his ex-girlfriend, the lady at the daycare, in front of everybody, in front of her daughter, in front of everybody. Yeah. What's so galling about that was he had specifically been arrested, among other charges, because there were a litany. Let's let's get that straight, because it wasn't just one. Right. But among others, for threatening to take the life of his girlfriend, a threat that he then subsequently carried out. Ryan Mears was aware of this guy's criminal history, chose not to prosecute, chose to let him out on bond, let, you know, get, get him out on the streets again. And then here here we have, uh, you know, a death that was wholly preventable, not once, but twice yep. by the same guy yep. killing his girlfriend and now killing this deputy after being arrested and imprisoned, which is where he needs to be, uh, you know, if not on the executioner's block. And and, and Ryan Mears and the prosecutor, prosecutor's office had, had the multiple opportunities to put this guy behind uh-huh. bars and stop both of these killings. Um, what's crazy is that, you know, choking him with uh, the handcuffs is literally like a scene out of No Country for Old Men, you know, the Coen Brothers movies, and much like uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character in that film, I'm so tired of the reckless uh, abattoir that our modern world has become, shambling abattoir um, of, of senseless violence. I, I definitely want to put this out there. So the public viewing for, for Deputy Durham will take place at the Scott Wright Cathedral from 2 to 7 p.m. on Sunday, July 16th. The address is 650 North Meridian Street, Indianapolis. The funeral service for Deputy Durham will be held on Monday, July 17th at Gamebridge Fieldhouse starting at 11. And it's it's so important for citizens to show their support for our law uh, law uh, officers, uh, law enforcement officers, because the city has completely abandoned them. Yep. Yep. Uh, they have left them short-staffed. Whenever there's a problem, they're quick to blame IMPD and point the finger and you know uh, make claims of abuses of power when there there are none. Um, During and, the it, summer of protest, they basically tied our cops' hands behind uh-huh. their backs and said, "Let them do whatever they Let want. Let them run free." Oh, by the way, we still haven't uh, really identified who was behind that deci- right. critical decision in uh, the 2020 protest. Maybe members of the media should be asking the mayor where he. Was was that evening maybe sounds like a good place to start um but it's just sad because this isn't it's obviously tragic whenever a law enforcement officer loses their life but this is the third time in about two weeks that we've had officers across the state who have met an untimely end aaron smith hit and killed by a suspect in late june tell city police sergeant heather glenn killed in a shootout last week and now you have a deputy overseeing an inmate killed in cold blood the prosecutor seeking the death penalty which you know more power to him. This scumbag should have been shot, you know, a long time ago uh, in front of an execution squad or, you know, maybe a guillotine or uh, public gallows. Look, there are options on hand here. But look, you know, we can kind of revel in that. (laughs) But he's just going to be sitting on death row for what, decades now, if this even goes through. But why? Why? Like, that now it's just going to sit there and cost taxpayer dollars. Even more money because he's got to go through the seemingly endless appeals right, process. Right. And we've got him on tape. It's not a question. Oh, by the way, he pled not guilty in these charges for strangling a police officer to death on tape, with, on tape with his handcuffs and then yeah. stealing of a vehicle. Like, guy, we've got you dead to rights. What do you mean not guilty? Right. And we have that. And then we have multiple witnesses who saw you shoot your ex-girlfriend. So there's no argument for for any of this stuff. You're guilty of all of it. And let's just be done with you in 14 days. And it's it's just sad that it has been brought to this extreme. 
because it could have been stopped much sooner and arguably should have if we had a prosecutor who takes violent crime and violent criminal offenders seriously, which we don't. So thank God, thank God, our uh, Republican mayoral candidate wants to take guns away from us. Oh yeah, you know that, that, that'll be a, that'll be a good solution. Thank God, yeah, you know, uh, and raise the minimum age of purchase yeah. to uh, twenty one. Yeah. That'll solve the problem. I, w- I wonder if Orlando knew that murder was illegal because if he would have known, he probably wouldn't have done it. Right? Yeah, he should just you know uh, should just told them. Should just told them. <laughs> that's on us. Should just told them. You're listening to 93 WIBC. Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on The Circle. Saturdays, 7 to 9, filling in with Jerry Lopez from Indie Spanglish. Producer Allison on the board. And we've got so much conversation left to go through. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the ongoing uh, investigation into whose cocaine it was at the White House. Well, it has now reached its conclusion. And we'll tell you the exciting results up next in this uh, next segment, so stay tuned. I can feel my face when I'm with you, but I love it. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Thanks for tuning in to Hammer and Nigel. I'm Ethan Hatcher, joined by Jerry Lopez, and we're filling in this segment talking cocaine at the White House. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not. What do you think, huh? Earlier this week, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre was asked for updates on the ongoing investigation. Into the cocaine at the White House, the Secret Service indicated that they're closer to. Yeah, I don't have any updates, as you know. As you just mentioned, Secret Service is under their purview. They are certainly investigating uh, the situation. I just don't have anything updated. I would, I would refer you to the Secret Service on that particular question. Now the Secret Service has finally reached their conclusion after ten grueling days of in-depth investigation. Uh, can't find anybody. No I'm, fingerprints, no DNA, no nothing. It's crazy to me, right? Like, J6, they're still identifying guys by their eyeballs and noses. Yeah. And pulling you up and putting you in jail, but they cannot find the person that brought the Colombian diet powder to the White House. Like in the crowd shots, they're individually picking people out and like, oh yeah, no, that guy's from Indiana, <laughs> taking them, you know, charging them all the way back here, going pouring over the footage for months upon end. But when it comes to illegal substances smuggled next to, the, uh, uh, well, in the White House, in the West Wing, next to the briefing room. And they, uh, you know, don't know, can't find him. Here's a bit of of advice for the Secret Service, right? Look for the guy with the sniffles and allergies doubling up on a Zyrtec and Kleenex in the middle of July. That's whose cocaine it is. After just 10 days, the Secret Service closed its investigation, unable to identify whose cocaine it was and how it got inside the White House. The small baggie containing roughly 0.2 grams of the drug was found July 2nd, just inside the guest entryway to the West Wing in a cubby used by visitors to store cell phones, steps away from the Situation Room. FBI analysts examining the bag looked for traces of DNA and fingerprints, but found no definitive results. The Secret Service, which briefed the House Oversight Committee this morning, scoured video inside and outside the building and said no surveillance footage provided investigative leads. You have to get out of denial. I've had failure in my life, but one thing I'm not in is denial. You 
in denial. I'm not in denial. Without a doubt, she's in denial. So many things wrong, and yet everybody's in denial. Stop being in denial! So the idea that they can't find who's responsible for this is obviously patently absurd. Talking about blind spots in the White House. So they're basically just telling the bioterrorists where to strike. If I were going to be planting anthrax in the White House, cubbies. I now know where to find you know, it. Put, put it in the cubbies. Put it in the cubbies. Because there's just no way. And, and how no way lucky can a drug addict get that you put it in the one place that even the cameras aren't in? This is all a lie. It's this incredible. is all a lie. I almost would have had more respect for them if they admitted, look, we found, we identified the staffer or family member, uh, you know, who who was responsible for placing the drugs. We've had a talk with them and we've chosen not to press charges. Well, like, just come, just admit it, man. Uh, alleg- allegedly, Hunter said, it's not my two grams. I had an eight ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the crazy thing about that is, if it is Hunter's, which I say it, pro- it most likely is Hunter's Coke, could be a staffer. It might not be, but he wishes it was. Uh, yeah, I bet he does. Um, wouldn't even be the first time that he dropped off cocaine and left it behind uh, just sitting around. This dates back to, what was it, 2016, just days before the election took place when he returned a rental vehicle to Arizona and police officers, it was reported by the company, and police officers found a crack pipe and leftover cocaine in the rental car that Hunter Biden had had left behind at the airport. Like this isn't even, this wouldn't even be the first time that he's left behind some coke. I mean it's his dad is the author of the 1994 crime. Like let's take a second and think about that. His dad, yep. our president, is the author of the 1994 crime bill, which single-handedly ravaged communities of color when they made the distinction between cocaine and crack. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The federal upcharge for cocaine and the same amount for crack was like automatically five years if you had crack. And here his son is doing the exact same thing. And and you want to know why we have no faith in our legal system. Rules for thee, but not for me. Absolutely flouting the rule of law um, as, a, a, you know, the son of a sitting president. Um, and, and it seems to be serial offenses because he's gotten endless passes. And wouldn't you continue to violate and break the rules if you're going to get a pass for it? He's been uh, photographing himself smoking crack behind the wheel of while driving a car in Arlington, Virginia. Like, can't even wait to get home before he's smoking his crack. He's filming himself driving 170 miles on the highway uh, going to Las Vegas in a scene straight out of fear and loathing like a discount Hunter S. Thompson. Well, he's definitely taking nude selfies with meth teeth, too. Like... All, all that Hunter Biden laughs. Like, what? How embarrassing. Just for the family. Just take a step back and make this apolitical. Like, that sucks. He's having an affair with his uh, brother's widow. Uh, you have a he, whole other kid that we don't even claim. Yeah, no. All, well, he he viciously denied paternity of that seventh grandchild before having to be DNA tested. Yeah. And yes, you are the father, you know, Mari well, here, Here's your child support. Get rid of my last name, though. Yeah. 
Like what? Like that's just Disgusting. horrible people stuff. But then offered this sweetheart deal for his gun charge right. after dumping the gun behind the uh, elementary school for his tax evasion after refusing to pay millions of dollars to the IRS, which if it's you or I that's doing that stuff, straight to jail. You know, do not pass go, do not collect $200, straight to jail type stuff. But then he's getting sweetheart deals from uh, uh, the government. Hey, if, uh, if the DOJ drops charges against your son for smoking crack, then you ain't black. <laughs> Donald Trump weighing in on the cocaine scandal at the White House, theorizing whose it might be, laying blame squarely at the feet of dad and son. It's, it's in my opinion, it's Hunter and probably Joe. Because, you know, you watch right. Joe at the beginning of a speech, and he's got a little life. Not much, <laughs> but he's got a little life. By the end of the speech, he's a disaster. He can't even find his way off the thing. So there's something going on there. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was for both of them. I think it's for both of them, but that's yeah. my opinion. I would dispute the analysis of the president there. Now, maybe it's Hunter's. Hunter's not sharing. Yeah. Hunter. Well, first of all, Hunter's not sharing. And then dad, I'm pretty sure it would be more of a meth thing, because when you're looking for focus and energy and like the the zest to stay up for like three hours straight, but not the frenetic frenzy of like cocaine, then it's meth for the upper echelon. You know, just a little bit of that that crystal. Um, But yeah, I I mean, who knows? I've heard theories that it could even be uh, the Biden family niece, in which case it would seem like a. It's a family problem uh, with substance abuse. I hope it's a staffer that yeah. now Hunter if Biden's been a, blamed for the whole thing. I think that's hilarious. If it was a staffer, now I thought they would probably place the blame on, on a, a staffer, staffer as a sacrificial lamb. Um, but don't you think that if it was a staffer and they'd successfully identified, they already would have done that? Because I think they would have sprinted to throw somebody under the bus. Can we agree? They throwaway. know who it is. Yeah. They know who this belongs to. Oh, Dude. They just like, don't want to tell us. Well, like you pointed out, they're they're plucking out uh, pasty white guys from the crowd on January 6th. That, you know, Eyeballs they, and noses. That's yeah. all they see. And then they're able to pick out, you know, oh, yes, we, we were able to place you at the scene, right. resident of Indiana. And, yeah, we'll go after you in months of endless investigation. I mean, they, they also we'll didn't, close this they also didn't know who put down the pipe bomb at J6 either. So maybe maybe our cameras are worse than Ring. I don't know. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I don't know. I, I'm losing a lot of hope in our in our video surveillance. Yeah, you know, I mean, hey, if you are a terrorist with ill intent, now's your time to make a plan of attack on Washington, yeah. D.C. Because apparently there's blind spots everywhere. Yeah, tra- traffic. Blind spots everywhere. Uh, uh, red light cameras is what we have in the White House. Evidently, just stop action photos. You're listening to 93 WIBC Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle, filling in with Jerry Lopez, Indy Spanglish on Twitter. Stay tuned because coming up next is Cider Sample Friday on Hammer and Nigel. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. 
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Hammer and Nigel. This is Ethan Hatcher filling in, joined by Jerry Lopez. Hammer will return on Monday for your normally scheduled programming. But while the uh, the cat is away, the mice will play. And I thought I'd make an executive decision instead of doing beer sample Friday, since I don't really drink a lot of beer around the house. Thought we'd do a cider sample Friday instead, because I am a hard cider consumer, like a little sweetness in my alcohol. And truth be told, I think this is a far more American beverage than beer because of its uh, deep-rooted history within our culture. You know, I mean, if you were to go back in time, Jerry, and, like, hop in a time machine, hang out with George Washington in his college days, you know, um, he'd be chugging down uh, uh, cider, not beer, you know. Red's apple ale. Red's apple ale. (laughs) Um, And and there's a good reason for this, because um, as early, like, nine years, I think, after the first pilgrims had made their way to America, yeah, nine years after 1620, the first apple trees began making their way. It was a very prolific, uh, uh, prolific fruit that could grow easily here in America. And since it's unsafe to drink the water, you know, you got parasites, right. you know, other contagions running around. Uh, it, it's better to drink something with a little alcohol in it. Even children of early colonial America drove diluted versions of hard cider. So that being said... In uh, honor with our historical, deep-seated historical tradition here in America, I brought us from the state of California, Ace Premium Cider. This is Perrycraft Cider. It's not made with apples. It's made with pears. And uh, the the Ace Premium Cidery of California, actually the oldest uh, established cidery after uh, the Prohibition ended. It began in 1993. And I guess between that time, they weren't making too many cideries. But let's, let's give this a try. Let's try it out. And producer Allison, you can join in on this conversation as well. Give us your thoughts. I'm I'm digging this. Yeah, it's really good, actually. I've it, never had this before. Yeah, I've never had it either. I've never had a pear uh, flavored cider like this. It's actually very good. Yeah, very really sweet, but I like it. It it's the, it doesn't like hurt your teeth. Sweet. It's like the perfect amount. Yeah. Now here's a question for you because I get made fun of all the time for drinking sweet alcohol. Like, ah, that's the girly drink. <laughs> you know? But I love a sweet alcohol. Like I have no sweet tooth. I have no desire for desserts. But when I'm when I'm feeling boozy, when it's time to go out and you know get a little bit hammered, you know, in, in honor of Jason Hammer. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I like something with a little sweetness to it. Now, now, are you on that spectrum? Do you feel like it's a girly beverage if you do just like it's a little sweet? I don't think so. I think, you know, real men can drink seltzers. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's whoa. okay. They can. Oh, you take you take on us with this, uh, Mr. Jerry. Uh-oh. Uh, first of all, what is a man? And second of all... <laughs> I uh, guess that's stretching. None of us are biologists. So I, these are good. The problem that I have with them is like, I don't want to drink a 12-pack. Of yes, that's correct. I can only or drink like one. I don't want six. Like I, I'll drink two, and then I'm I want something else. Mm-hmm. But I'm not drinking a six pack of beer anyway. I mean, think about the enormous amount of co- calories. So if it's keeping you more you responsible with your you're beverage correct. consumption, do, do, do you think I count calories, sir? I will eat a Snicker bar for breakfast. <laughs> oh, you lucky bastard! Yeah, yeah. 
think about one of those fast metabolisms. See, those among us who suffer through the slow metabolism, we have to be very conscientious about what calories go in. Like, you know, I'm a fatty now, but you should have seen me uh, a couple years ago. I was 60 pounds heavier. And the only reason, the only way that I've kept that off is by limiting the calorie intake. So maybe you have a point there, Jerry, by, you know, keeping it down to just one or two ciders as opposed to a whole mm-hmm. six pack of beer, keeping the weight down. But Boom. of course, you don't have to worry about it, you skinny. No, <laughs> yeah. My mom did not come to America for me to count calories. <laughs> All I know is somewhere Hammer's ears are burning right now. <laughs> so this is uh, Ace Premium Cider, a Perry Craft Cider from California, 5% ABV, responsible showing. Um, if you have a chance, check it out. I picked this up from uh, the Big Red Liquors just around the corner from the station here. Good showing. It's, it is good. It is good. And uh, just as an extra bonus, later in the show, Jason Hammer actually making a special appearance yes, to do from your, the grave. To, he will uh, from the <laughs> do grave. his own beer sample Friday. From the grave? What happened to Jason? That's what we've been told. That's all I can <laughs> I say. I thought he was just at a graduation, uh, getting ready for a graduation <laughs> party or something. That's all I can say. Uh-oh. All right. Well, stay tuned for that, because later in the show, we will be presenting your ordinarily scheduled beer sample Friday, so we'll get through that. And then next hour, we'll also be talking about the enormous unpopularity of our vice president, Kamala Harris, probably honestly like the least popular vice president I'm not going to go be hyperbolic and say in American history, but at least in recent memory, probably wasn't more unpopular than Andrew Johnson. You know, who ultimately got impeached. Remember that? Am I the only person who remembers? No. You are. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Hammer and Nigel, uh, 93 WIBC, Ethan Hatcher and Jerry Lopez filling in. Before we close out, though, I wanted to share a musical interlude, a nice way to end the segment. This is Alex Jones transformed into a heavy metal intro, and it's glorious. I will go to hell before I sit here and I watch this country and the world turned over to these savages. I'm done, I'm pissed, and I'm not putting up with it anymore. You Satanists want to sacrifice the West. You want to kill the beautiful goddess that is the West. You people are enemies, and we're going to get your ashes, and we know what you're up to, and we're coming for you. Thanks for listening to Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC.